0: After
1: school. Cool. Welcome to the Makein' F School Cool Podcast, a link between research, practice, and theory for those interested in the activities youth are involved with during non-school hours. The Makein' F School Cool Podcast is produced by Case for Kids, a division of Harris County Department of Education. And I'm your host, Mike Wilson. According to an article listed on the KidsConnect.com website, a resource designed for parents and educators to enhance students' learning. Teaching kids the rules of etiquette provides them with the skills to improve their social networking, provides them with a range of phrases and behaviors which they can use in whatever social situation they find themselves in, and can also set your child up for a lifetime of success. To discuss the importance of teaching youth etiquette is my guest, Darian Lewis. Darian is the Chief Marketing Officer and Chief Operation Officer for the Monica Lewis School of Etiquette. He has over 20 years of experience in business leadership working with Fortune 500 companies like Enterprise, AIG, American General Life, and Sun America. Darren has the ability to command an audience, which has allowed him to share his thoughts, experiences, and wisdom with audience across the country. Darren, thank you so much for taking time to be our guest on the Making School Cool podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Let's start off with you providing our listeners with a brief history of the Monica Lewis School of Etiquette what types of services do you offer, and why did you see a need for teaching students and use this type of behavior?
0: Okay, sure. Well, it's a kind of long story, so I'll give you the abridged version. So in 2009, my wife, one night while watching reality TV of all things, she has this epiphany that she needs to start um, a charm school, like a full-fledged charm school. And I'm sitting on the couch working and Uh, She comes in and she tells me about she has this idea and I'm like, are you crazy? I look at her like she has two heads. And um, that night, that Sunday night, she begins to kind of put the plan and and the pieces together. And um, about six months later, uh, she comes back to me. And she says, "I am going to do this full time, and uh, pretty much buckle up, Buttercup, because it's going to be a bumpy ride." <laughs> and uh, so, from two, the the company started actually in 2009. I mean, we've had many challenges. We faced a lot of ups and downs, um, but that first um, that that first few years was, was interesting for us. It was a lot of learning. It was a lot of um, kind of stepping out into the unknown ter- territory uh for both um her as an entrepreneur and us as a couple and parents and all of those things that come along with it so i mean that's almost a whole separate thing but the idea around the monica lewis school of etiquette is to provide etiquette manners protocol training for ages of all types uh, children teens and adults is what we normally say um, but since that time since 2009 our company and our mission is expanded so we not only teach manners and etiquette in the sense of like dining, but it's all lifestyle, all life events. So we've grown exponentially um, since 2009 to provide services um, for corporations, international business. We've traveled extensively across the, uh, the country and even some parts of the world, uh, teaching children, teaching adults, teaching uh, business leaders um, the proper way to do things. We call it situational appropriateness.
1: I think that's a great term because I think, you know, people don't recognize that in different environments, different types of behavior is expected. And if you don't have a good understanding of what's the expected behavior for this particular environment, uh, it could be embarrassing for yourself as well as the people who may be hosting, hosting something. So I think that's, that's, that's a great term to use. Um, the word etiquette is not a common term used in many low income or people of color households. But this skill set is crucial for expanding opportunities for youth. At what age do you think kids should start learning
0: the elements of proper etiquette? Well, see, you know, that's a misconception that um, people of different economic backgrounds or or low income, as we would say, don't um, apply the rules of etiquette. When that's actually not true. So let me tell you this. Okay, so here's the difference between etiquette and manners. Etiquette is knowing what to do and when to do it and how to do it correctly. Manners is the um, attitude or the expressions or the um, feelings that you display um, that make other people feel comfortable in your presence. So we always say that manners are the uh, manners are ways to show that you care about the feelings of other people. That's what we teach our students. But what I find is Many families across, you know, the spectrum of socioeconomic status practice proper manners. Please, thank you. You're welcome. May I? Yes, sir. No, sir. They practice that across the board many, and many times. Etiquette, however, they may not even realize they're practicing etiquette because it's knowing what to do and how to do it correctly. So, like after you brush your teeth you wash the toothbrush and you put it back in the holder. You know, that's a common etiquette. Or when you um, are walking through a door and someone is following behind you, you hold the door open for them. That's proper etiquette. We may not call it that, but that's exactly what it is. So what we do is we demystify this whole idea that etiquette is only for the elite, but etiquette is for everyone and you apply it every day. But it's, it's being aware of what to do when to do it and how to do it correctly is what we bring to the conscious the conscious forefront of the brain
1: what uh disadvantages uh for people who are not aware of what's the expected uh social requirements for a setting uh, how does that Mm -hmm. affect them when they find themselves in an environment and they're not quite sure uh, how to act or maybe how to dress or even how to prepare for that particular
0: setting Well, it triggers that primitive response mechanism, you know, that fight, flight or freeze mechanism when you don't know what to do, you essentially either you're going to freeze and kind of, you know, uh, pause and kind of panic silently or you're going to avoid the situation That's that that flight or you're going to fight you're going to buck against it you're going to rebel against it so we what we do is we teach you how to overcome those initial visceral reactions those emotional responses to different things um, and we teach you how to prepare for those moments and we teach you the basic mechanics of what to do because i can easily teach you how to do it correctly whether it's at the table and how to properly hold your spoon or how to properly cut a piece of meat i can teach you all of those things and once i teach you i teach you how to make that second nature. It's not the focus of your, you know, experience. It's more um, something that you're doing automatically. So that's the beauty of what we get to do. We get to work more so on the social-emotional spectrum of things first, and then we start to teach you the mechanics and the technicality of how to do it correctly.
1: Now, you brought up the social-emotional element. how does knowing the appropriate etiquette help with kids' self-esteem
0: and confidence? Oh, it boosts tremendously because when you it it, um, it helps you to overcome, like I said, those emotions. It helps you to overcome that pain, that nervousness that you may have, or the feeling um, of that you don't belong you know, everyone at the end of the day wants to feel as though that they belong and they're connected to the experiences and the people around them. And so when you learn the proper way to do things or when you are confident in your ability to do something, it it lessens that um, panic and that fear. And so you benefit greatly from um, having this proper training and having this idea of what is acceptable and what is situational appropriate. Um, And it helps fuel your inner ability, that that inner confidence. And we teach, we, we say it like this, Confidence is the belief that I can do it. It's voice in your head that tells you, oh, yeah, I got this. Okay, I know how to introduce myself. I know how to stand. I know how to, you know, do these things. But sometimes it's starting with that self-talk, that positive self-talk, those positive affirmations, the belief that I can do it. You know what to do. You know how to do it. Now You just have to believe in yourself to execute is where we start.
1: Now, I understand there are different types of acceptable behavior for different settings. For example, a business dinner may have different etiquette than, say, uh, a youngster having daily dinner with their family and friends. Also, the table setting is different for a formal meal versus a casual meal. Why is it important for youth to understand these differences, and how can this impact them when they are either applying for a job, applying for college, Mm -hmm. or actually being invited to a formal setting?
0: That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. So this goes back to that situational appropriateness that I was telling you about earlier. For each of those different situations, there's an appropriate behavior that society dictates. See the the appropriateness or the etiquette is dictated by the greater uh, society at large. So it's basically the majority rule. So if the majority of the individuals in a society, um, do one thing a particular way or execute it in a particular way, that becomes the established etiquette. So in a business dinner versus a formal dinner versus a semi-formal dinner, the the way in which you move through those different courses and the way in which you manipulate your uh, your, your utensils, is um, an indication they're sending off signals and they're sending off codes, not to other diners, but to the service attendants and the wait staff and the chefs. So we teach them how to send these particular codes so that you keep up with the conversation that's happening and not focus on so much of, oh, wait, did I use the right fork? Because we teach you the place settings and we teach you how to decode the place setting. And understanding that it is a... Um, that there is a secret code and there's a sign code that's involved in dining and that most people are kind of going along with it based on what they've seen on TV or based on what they've uh, heard other uh, heard other people say or seen someone else do, but they may not know um, what's actually correct for themselves. And once we start to teach them, they go, oh, that's what that means. That's what my mom is saying, or that's what my dad was saying, or in some cases, that's what grandma and grandpa were telling me. And uh, we began to give them the tools and I believe giving it to the, uh, a student at an early age puts them at a competitive advantage so that when they make it into corporate America, they've been practicing and they've been um, fine tuning those skills um, so that by the time they get to that job interview or they go to that business lunch, it's not, uh, they're not putting on a show, it's automatic. This is something they've been doing um, on an ongoing basis. So perfect practice makes perfect is kind of that that that, um, that philosophy. Similar to the Suzuki method that is used to teach students music and expose them to new instruments, we apply that same technology and that same theory to etiquette. Teaching it to them early, instilling and practicing it in different aspects in different situations, exposing it to them often, brings about a level of confidence so that they're executing this without even thinking about it and that's that's the beauty of it and i'm
1: glad you said that one you know that it is situational depending on what environment you might find yourself in and then the second part is to make it second nature because i believe Young people, especially you, on know, when kids grow into their teenage years, they, um, you know, get into that mode to where they want to keep everything real and they don't want to change anything and exactly. they don't want you to change them. But if they have these skills as part of their everyday behavior, then it's not about changing them. It's actually about knowing what to use whenever you're in a particular uh, situation. In fact, I had a, I heard an interview with Mike Dick, uh, and he talked about when uh, he was leaving college for the nfl and he was projected to to be the number one pick and the owner of the falcons invited him to dinner at this real fancy restaurant the coach was there the general manager was there and so he looked at the menu and uh, he ended up ordering um, from the kids menu little um, chicken nuggets and so the owner was kind of taken aback and asked, you know, you could have all this great food, why did you order this? And his reply was, I'm not familiar with this type of food, so I ordered something mm. that I knew. And so the owner was a little hesitant on, you know, should we draft this, this young man or not? Coaches talked the owner and to say, he's a great athlete, he's a good person, you know, it's just, this is an environment he's not used to. Uh, but if that was, say, a different setting and it wasn't based on athletic talent, uh, you know, if it was a job or something like that, more than likely he wouldn't have got it. And, exactly, you know, and that's millions of dollars that was involved
0: in that scenario. Get lost that opportunity lost just because someone had not been exposed to that situation. Exactly. Um, case in point, like you know, like you said, that happens so many times, and many of our clients that that um, we don't get a chance to interact with in the school system, we work with privately. And that, that, that's a common occurrence. We work with many athletes and that is a real event. And I, the first thing I tell them is number one, this is not a selection process. This is a deselection process. So my goal is to equip you with the uh, tools to make sure that you're not deselected. Um, and that starts with from the time in which you pull up to that facility, your car, your appearance, your walk, your your vocabulary, the way in which you maneuver through the menu What do you order? What don't you order? When you order this type of, you know, meal, this is how you eat it. This, these, this is the dining style that's appropriate for this type of, you know, meat versus another type of meat. I I walk them through those things. And I mean, I have to do that with adults, but when I do it with, with students, I do the same process and we do the same process. But again, exposing it to them early, so by the time they get to that interview and they do that, they are ordering and they're not even thinking about, oh, well I just ordered uh, the steak, going to bring me a steak knife and I need to use, you know, the zigzag method on the steak. Because, you know, or I can use American on on that and uh, I'll, I can keep both hands in play at the whole time. They're not even thinking they're just going to do it or they can pick up chopsticks and they'll begin to pick up the sushi and they can dunk it in the different sauces and it's not falling all over the place. And, you know, because this is something they've been practicing. This is something that they're used to and comfortable with. And I think that that is what uh, separates our um, our students from the other the other candidates for that job, because. They'll be focused on, oh, what do I order? Uh, should I get the salad? Should I get the steak? Should I get the shrimp? You know, versus our students are gonna go, well, I'm hungry. Right, <laughs> right.
1: And, and there's a common term, you know, that says you only have an opportunity to make the first impression once. And I recall yes. when I was young, there was an older gentleman who was, he just attended the church we went to. And he took myself and my brother, the, my brother under his wing. And this old guy, I mean his handshake is like he's breaking your fingers. He was you know such a firm handshake. but he told right. us he would always tell us you need a firm handshake. And he didn't have the opportunities that you know eventually my brother and I grew up with. but his thing was you need a firm handshake. you should be able to look someone in the eye when you talk to them, and you should be able to introduce yourself and right. Uh, When I look back now, again, knowing the era that he grew up in, especially when it came with working with diverse groups, uh, sometimes that was looked down upon for people of color to do those kinds of things. And um, now I'm just grateful as an adult that at an early age, he instilled at least that part to where when you first meet someone, you know, greet them, give them a really good, confident handshake and look them in the eye.
0: We have an acronym in our classes that we use in every class we, we we teach this this acronym. It's S-E-C. S, smile. E, maintain eye contact. C, speak with confidence. We instill that with every student that comes into any of the classes at the Monica Lewis School of Etiquette. You're going to learn those basic uh, proper introduction, Um tactics because it's a quick way to make a good first impression you only have six to seven seconds to make a first impression and once that impression is made it sticks with that person forever and after that you're either going to confirm your original thoughts uh, original perception of that person or that person is going to be spending the rest of their time trying to compensate for a bad uh, first impression. So we always try to teach how to de- um, deprogram that by SEC, smile, eye contact, confidence. It's a, it's a one, two, three punch.
1: Um, Do you have any final comments Uh, as we close this particular episode? I think it's so important that uh, young people as well as adults realize that, you know, we sort of have two parts of our life. We have our private life, which, you know, whatever is the norm for your private life, that's what it is. But then you have your public life and that public life expands and can affect so many other people besides just yourself. And so there's certain things you need to know in order to make sure that you're not hurting yourself in public. Uh, so do you have any final comments before
0: we close? You actually summed it up. You know, understand that there is a, every situation in life and every phase of life has an appropriate behavior. And your goal is to make sure that you understand where you are in your life's journey and make sure that your actions are lining up with that station or that place in your life. As a young person going through school, your the etiquette is going to school, completing the work, getting good grades, going to college, maintaining a good grade level, a good GPA rather, uh, establishing a, a major and earning a degree. After that, it's all about being a productive citizen in society and obeying the law and being productive, earning an income and possibly raising a family. But wherever you are in life, there's always an appropriate and an acceptable and an expected behavior and your goal is to always choose to practice good manners every day because it shows that you have respect for yourself and for the others of this society so with that i, I simply say thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to talk about uh this topic that has become our life's work um we are certainly um, so excited and so very fortunate we consider ourselves very fortunate to be a part of this County Department of Education, and we look forward to uh, working with students across the county uh, to make sure that they are always practicing good manners with confidence.
1: Well, we appreciate you for taking some time out. Uh, I definitely would want to invite you you and possibly Monica uh, for some continued dialogue on on this topic. Absolutely. Making after school cool. As always, I want to thank our listeners for joining us today, where our topic focused on the importance of teaching youth etiquette. Please join us for future episodes as we continue to explore issues relevant to the out of school time field.